Welcome to Virtual School Assembly. I'm your host, Tyler Christensen. I'm a productivity speaker, author, and classroom teacher. Here at Virtual School Assembly, I interview Hollywood celebrities, professional athletes, Olympians, speakers, and educators who share messages of inspiration, education, and hope to better prepare you for an ever-changing and uncertain world. Thanks for joining us. Let's get started. All right, welcome back to Virtual School Assembly. Today, our guest is Bob Abernathy. Bob's the president and co-founder of Yosemite Analytics. During the course of over 25 years of public speaking experiences, Bob has learned how to overcome his own severe fear of public speaking, becoming an excellent in-demand and successful speaker. Bob has coached students from all walks of life and all ages about how they can conquer their fear of public speaking. This is a fear that affects people of all ethnic, gender, age, socioeconomic, and other groups. Uh, Bob is athletic. When he was in college, he ran track at Cornell, and today he's an avid hiker. Um, he's made it to, to the top of Half Dome at Yosemite National Park five times. So excited to dig into public speaking with you, Bob. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Tyler. I'm excited to be here and to speak to your audience because I know what this fear of public speaking is like. Believe me, I know it all too well. And I'll just talk a little bit now to start out with about my story. And when I was in elementary school, I went to St. Anthony's Catholic School in Oceanside, Long Island, New York. And I was always one of those students in elementary school who was ready to speak and raise my hand and volunteer. But then one day in eighth grade, in Mrs. Goldbaum's English class, I was asked to go up and read a poem to the class. And that's the first memory I have of where this fear of public speaking really hit me hard for whatever reason that day. I could hardly talk. My voice was tight. My throat was, you know, uncomfortable. I, I, I wasn't even able to think straight. And probably the worst part of it all was that I felt like everybody in that room could really see and feel just how uncomfortable and nervous I felt. And that was a terrible feeling too. So then to make matters even worse, Tyler, what happened was I, after that was over, I said, that was horrible. I, I never want to feel that again. And so what that led to was a fear of the fear. So it got into a vicious cycle where now I was afraid of the fear and feeling that way. So of course that just made everything worse and made me fear that whole prospect of talking to a group even more. So I struggled with this for years, you know, through junior high, through high school, through college, and even starting into my adult professional career. So I know how horrible it can feel. And by the way, it has nothing to do with how big and strong or tough you are. I have talked about this with ex-Marines, with mixed martial arts, MMA fighters. And these guys have told me it's horrifying to speak in front of a group of people. And these are guys who beat up people for a living or, you know, with the Marines, you know, tough guys. And it doesn't matter how tough you are. You can still feel this. So when I started feeling this, I really started thinking, and especially as it continued, gosh, is there something wrong with me? Why do I fear this so much? There's no good logical reason to fear it. It's not like somebody's going to come up and punch me or throw something at me or hurt me physically in any way. But still, I had this terrible feeling inside. And 
one thing I always tell the audiences that I speak with is first I'll ask the group, is anybody in this room not ever had this fear of public speaking? And usually there'll only be maybe two or three people and they'll raise their hands. And that's when I have a little fun, Tyler, and I'll walk over to them and I'll say, you know what? You are abnormal. <laughs> and of course, everybody gets a good laugh out of that, including those folks who are abnormal. But then I tell them, but you're very lucky to be abnormal in this way, because this can be a very scary fear for most people. And actually, when you look at the research about it, the surveys that are done of what are the things that human beings fear, it's really fascinating results, because what you find out is that public speaking is usually the number one fear that most people have. Now stop and think about that. Think about all the different things there are in life in this world to really be afraid of. Snakes and spiders and heights and airplane crashes and being poor and being alone. And all the, I ask my audiences, what are some of the things that they fear? And these are some of the answers, but there's hundreds of phobias out there. And of course, a lot of those things can really hurt you physically. But public speaking still ranks as number one. Now, the comedian Jerry Seinfeld has a little part of his routine where he talks about this. And he says something quite funny. You can Google it, look up Jerry Seinfeld public speaking, uh, excuse me, on YouTube, and you'll find it. It's 27 seconds long. And he says, basically, that he read that this is the number one fear people have. People fear it, he says, even more than death. He says, think about that. That means that the average funeral, most people would rather be in the casket than giving the eulogy, which is funny, but it's also true. So what I'm getting at here is I want everybody who's listening, if you feel this fear, I want you to know you're not weird, you're not abnormal, it's very common. And no matter how much or how deeply you may feel this fear, I mean, if you would have asked me back then, how, how much do you feel this fear, Bob, on a scale of one to 100? I probably would have said 200. Of course, there's no easy way to measure it, right? But I felt it very, very strongly. And the good news is that I learned over the years, and I had to figure a lot of this out myself because I looked for books and help, helpful material, which I didn't find. There's a lot out there about public speaking, but not a lot at all about how to overcome the fear of it. So Tyler, I figured that the way I looked at it was, if I'm still shaking with fear up in front of an audience, but I know all these other techniques and tips about how to structure my presentation, how to set up my PowerPoint slides, how to have eye contact with the audience, and all these, these are very good tips, don't get me wrong, but I figured if I know all that, but I'm still shaking with fear, it's not gonna do me a lot of good. So I really had to focus on this, and, and I did. I've actually written a book now, about this topic is called love your audience how to conquer the how to conquer the fear of public speaking and i talk about all of these topics and much much more we don't have a ton of time today of course to go over a whole book but i'm going to touch on some key things one is that when you stop and think why is this the number one fear and it's not just a slight or little fear it, it's a very big and terrifying fear for a lot of people why is that I talk in the book about the fact that we are human beings and what does it mean to be a human being? When you stop and think about it and break it down, we are physical creatures. There's a component of us that is physical. 
but there's also the mental, the emotional, you know, the psychological, and even the spiritual. And the interesting thing and the scary thing about public speaking is that it hits us in all of those places of our being at the same time. It's like the perfect storm of fear. And guess what? It happens right at the very worst moment when you're standing up in front of a group of people, whether they're classmates at school or later in life, maybe they're, they're coworkers or people at church or wherever, city hall, maybe you're going to a city meeting. It hits us at the worst time, right when you want to look good, you want to impress an audience, and then you're standing up there, you know, not able to think or sometimes not even able to speak. So as human beings, there's a lot of reasons why it hits us in each of these areas. And I, in my presentations, I speak to audiences of different ages, different types of audiences about this topic. And I go into these areas in more detail, the physical, the emotional, the psychological, the spiritual. One of the things I tell people is that, you know, I'm very eager to help you because I know what it's like to struggle with this fear and I enjoy helping other people figure it out and overcome it. And I talk about tough coaches. Now in my life, I've been blessed to have a number of tough coaches. That might sound funny to say it that way because they were tough, but those were also the coaches that helped me the most to progress in whatever sport I was in. And as the coach of the, the public speaking coach of my audiences, I'm going to be a tough coach because I know that's the best type of coach to be. And as a tough coach, even though I have a lot of sympathy, a lot of empathy for anyone who's struggling with this fear, I also know it's important to get to the truth about why we have this fear. And some of the things might not be comfortable to hear. Now, here's an example. And I'm going to tell you anyway, as a tough coach, right? And this took me, again, years and years to, to realize all of these things. And so you can save a lot of time by, by listening to what I'm telling you today. One of the things is, as, as a tough coach, I'm going to let you know and tell you straight out that one of the reasons that you are so afraid of public speaking is that you are self-centered. Whoa, Bob, that's kind of tough. What, what do you mean I'm self-centered? And it took me a while to realize this, but it was a real big aha kind of a moment for me when I realized about myself that I was spending a lot of time thinking and worrying, even in advance of the presentations, about what the audience is going to think about me. How am I going to look? What are they going to say about me later after the presentation is over? In other words, a lot of it was about me, 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 me. And I realized that's not really right. I mean, I sh really shouldn't be focusing so much on me because I'm here for them, whether it's a sales presentation or something at church or wherever. <clears throat> Excuse me. So when I started realizing that, it was a, a very powerful moment because it helped me so much. And that's why I titled the book, Love Your Audience. That's really one of the key things to remember is, and when I say love, of course, I don't read... I don't mean romantic love or anything like that, but service of your fellow man, right? How do you help other people? It's really about helping, about serving, 
what do they need to hear from you today? Is it product information? Is it something about history that you're sharing in a class at school? Is it motivation? Is it encouragement? Is it challenge? What is it that they need to hear from you? And focus on that. And the more you focus on that and on really wanting to help them, the less time and the less energy you're gonna have to worry about how they're thinking about you. And that helped me a lot in a lot of ways. And there's a lot of really natural and great byproducts when you're putting the other people first, the other people in the room, the audience. Uh, once you adopt that mindset from your heart, it's not something you can really fake, I don't think, then you naturally come across in different and better ways. And you naturally want to and do a better job for your audience. So that is one of the key things I would share with your audience uh, today, this audience here, Tyler. Um, there's a story in the Bible, actually, that speaks to this kind of a love. And in our society, when you hear the word love, it's, you know, Hollywood movies, it's usually romantic kind of love. But the Good Samaritan story, which is actually quite relevant to our society today with all of the racial strife, we'll call it, in our society going on right now, it's a very powerful story. It talks about this Samaritan and this Jew. And these were two groups who didn't really like each other, generally speaking. But this Jewish guy got beat up and he was left for dead, basically, at the side of the road. And a lot of people walked by him, including Jewish people, including Jewish religious people. And then this, and they just walked by and they didn't help him for whatever reason. But then the Samaritan walks by and you know the story. He helped the, Samar he helped the Jewish guy took him to an inn, told the innkeeper to take care of this guy. I'll pay for it. It's a great example of love. And that's what Christ used as an, ex an example. One of his major examples of love was this kind of a love, which is very, very interesting to me. So that's the kind of love I'm talking about. Serving others, helping others. It's very, very powerful. And one more comment about that, and then we'll go to questions and answers. Uh, why is love so important as a way to combat this fear of public speaking? Because many, for many years, I thought about this so much, and I was thinking about it very logically. I'm a kind of a logical thinker, analytical person. And I told myself all kinds of reasons, logically, why I should not feel this fear. Guess what? It didn't work, or it didn't work very much. Because logic is not powerful enough to overcome fear, which is a very strong emotion. That's the key word here. So to fight an emotion like fear, you really need a more powerful emotion, not logic. And love is that more powerful emotion. So think about it that way, like fighting fire with fire. And that's why it's so, one reason why it's so effective. So that's, uh, I'll leave it at that for now. And I, I know we have a lot more we could talk about, but um, I think you have some questions for me, Tyler. Yeah. That I want to dig into with public speaking. Um, first, we have to recognize there are different audiences. And the example that you gave um, with the, the Good Samaritan, the audience was someone that he didn't know 
However, in, in public speaking, often we're speaking to people who we do know. And in the case that you used earlier with these tough coaches, um, it's usually people that you have some sort of stewardship or responsibility for, right? So a coach is a kind of teacher or a public speaker that's helping people through different um, situations. In fact, we've already, in season one of Virtual School Assembly, we had a number of coaches. We had Kevin Black, who's an Olympic wrestling coach, and then we had Trisha Brooke, who's a, a, an actress, but she also does public speaking coach. And then we had Kadevis Robinson, who's an Olympian, but he coaches the cross-country team at Ohio State. And so we've had all these different coaches. Oh, and uh, James Van Hook, who's a, a basketball coach in, in Texas. And so all these coaches, their, their audience are their, their team or, or the, the people that they're, they're coaching up. But in that situation, there's a familiarity. I think that when you talk about loving your audience, you're talking about an audience, right? People that typically we don't know. Um, why do you think it is that we're afraid of strangers, but when we talk to people we know, like in a coaching situation, that seems to be much easier. Do you have any ideas on why, why those differences exist? Yeah, that's a really interesting question. And I, I actually think that in some cases, like in a professional setting mm -hmm. or even in a school setting, it might be even more difficult for many people to talk to people you know. Um, I'll give you a quick example. Uh, my sister lives in Italy. Mm -hmm. She had a friend who was given the opportunity to speak at her children's open house, her children's school, to all the other parents. And she found she was very concerned about doing this because she knew all these parents. And she knew in her mind, she's thinking, if I bomb, if I do a terrible job, I'm still going to see these people every day. Right. Which is different from a group of strangers who you never see again, right? Mm -hmm. So in some cases, it can be even harder. Uh, I remember in my professional career, one time I was asked as a very new employee of Oracle Software, corporation to speak to a group of coworkers, and I was new to the team and I remember getting up that morning and thinking about this presentation and I just remember feeling the sweat in my armpits sorry that's a little graphic but these are some of the things that can affect us physically and it was a group of peers and sometimes those can be the most difficult audiences um, but whether it's peers or strangers, one of the threatening things about a group of strangers or people you don't know is that you don't know them and you don't know exactly what they're, you may not know what they're looking for or expecting. And that's one of the things I say often is try to know, to love your audience, you need to know your audience as much as possible. It's not always realistic to know a ton but try to do a little bit of uh, research or talking to a few people in advance so that you will have a better idea and that will make you feel more comfortable. It's the fear of the unknown, I think, is a lot when we're talking with strangers. Right. Now, I think a lot of kids, um, especially those who are afraid of public speaking, have the attitude, well, it's not a big deal because I can just avoid public speaking. Although I won't need to, to do it throughout my life. I just won't take advantage of those opportunities. But as you just shared with your experience at Oracle, in most professions and just in living life in general, there are lots of opportunities to speak. 
Uh, can you speak to that a little bit? Like what, what should kids be preparing for? Um, what are speaking opportunities that they may have later in their life? Very good. Um, yeah, that's real important to answer that question because, and I was chuckling a little bit as you asked the question, because I was thinking back on my own life and how I tried that. I tried to avoid <laughs> public speaking. I really tried hard, but you can't really avoid it. That's what I learned is that you are going to have situations, whether it's in junior high or high school or college or your professional career or even your other areas of your life whether it's a church or synagogue or mosque or city hall, where you're going to either have to get up and speak, usually that's the case, right. or you might want to get up and speak, but if you're afraid and you don't do it, then later you leave and you feel terrible. I should have said something, you know? So you can choose. Now, you, everybody listening to this today has a choice to make, okay? If you're someone who feels this fear of public speaking, and I had this same choice to make. Do I try to run away and hide from it my whole life, which doesn't work, by the way, or do I try to face it and figure it out and beat it? Okay, and that's a big choice. And I have complete understanding and empathy for anybody who chooses to run away from it and try to avoid it as best you can anyway, because I understand why they do that. But I'm here, too, to tell you don't do that. Because I know 100% guarantee this can be overcome. It doesn't mean you're going to be the best speaker in the whole world, but you can become a confident and much, much better and more comfortable public speaker. And that's not going to only be for your benefit, but for your audiences as well. So to answer your question a little further there, Tyler, I want to emphasize how important it is to become a comfortable and better public speaker. because you asked about how it could, what kind of situations I might need to do this. Mm -hmm. And yeah, you're gonna go into the work world eventually. And you're gonna be needing to speak to people. Even if you have a job as an engineer or an accountant or something where you think I'll never have to speak to people, wrong, you will have to speak. It might be a group of your peers. It might not be a huge audience. It might not be customers but you'll need to do it and many times you wish you did it. Right. And even though in our world today, yeah, I can send an email. If I have a great idea about how to do something better in our company, let's say, I could send an email or a text message. I could even make a phone call. But sometimes, many times, there's no substitute. There's nothing equal to being able to stand up in front of a group of people and say, hey, you know, I think maybe we should adjust our manufacturing process this way, and here's why, and we could save $10 million a year. Right. Uh, if you try to write an email to, to convey all that in this digital world, it may not have the same effect. It won't have the same effect as speaking face-to-face. -face. There's something about, I call it H2, capital H, number two, capital H, human-to-human -human communication which cannot be replicated or replaced. You know, and here's another thing, when you talk about your career, think about your career in the future. There's a lot of talk these days, and some of these numbers are outright scary about how many jobs are gonna be not just outsourced to other humans in other countries, but 
replaced by robots or artificial intelligence, AI, or machine learning, all these things that are making more and more jobs every year replaceable by machines or by software. And those numbers of jobs are very, very, very high. I don't remember the numbers right now, but they're in the millions, tens of millions of jobs that are being forecast to be eliminated. Now, guess what? A robot or a piece of software can never do what a human can do speaking to another group, a group of humans. So that's a very important, just for your own self-interest, for your own career sake, for your own employability's sake, it's a really powerful thing, good thing to be able to do. And if you can do it better than the other guy or the other gal at work, then they're more likely to see you as a valuable employee and keep you on as an employee when things get tight, for example. Right. So these are just some of the reasons why this is important to, to face, which, which by the way, requires commitment and courage, okay? Courage is not the absence of fear. It's doing what you need to do in spite of the fear. So I just wanna encourage everybody to take this bull by the horns because I know you, can, you too, just like me, you can overcome this. Yeah. Now you make an interesting point because generationally, the way we communicate has changed over the last 10, 20, 30 years. And as we look at Generation Z today, one thing that they're really good at is communicating online. They're good at sending text messages. They're good at emailing and using social media to communicate a message. But even despite that proficiency with technology, we see in a situation like this where you are doing public speaking right now, we're kind of face-to-face, -face, even though we're using a, a virtual platform, yeah. we can see how your, your body language is, we can see how you inflict things, um, how you're moving around, and that makes a difference in communication. And so as you talk about the value of communicating, yes, face-to-face -face or human-to-human -human does make a big impact. Um, we talk, let's go the whole spectrum of public speaking. So we talked about avoidance over here that a lot of kids think they can avoid it. We know that in the real world, so in this area, in the real world, they're going to do some public speaking, whether it's small groups or, or to their own family even, or maybe a church group or an association, they're, they're going to do public speaking. But you've moved beyond the normal people into people who actually now like to do public speaking. And I'd like you to speak to how did you get to the point where you really enjoyed it? And what are some of the opportunities that have come to you because you are willing to get on a stage and share a message? Well, I was a technical programmer and a project leader and analyst in the software world for about 10 years after I graduated from college. Mm -hmm. And in that role, I really didn't have to do a lot of public speaking, but um, to make a long story kind of short, after about 10 years of that, if you've ever seen the movie Groundhog Day with Bill Murray, where he's living the same day over and over again, I really started feeling like that with my programming life, my career. And for whatever reason, as someone who still had at that time a fear of public speaking, I decided, of all things, to go into software sales as a technical part of the sales team. And so that was sort of like sink or swim, Bob, you know, and um, that ex helped accelerate this process of learning. Um, and it's not all, by the way, it's not learning by reading about it. Um, and as helpful as I hope this video is for people, you're never going to overcome this just by watching a video even. 
or reading a book. Those are helpful because they help guide you and encourage you and give you great ideas um, and techniques, but you have to get out there and do it. So I would say get out there and do it. So that's what I did. And eventually it led to me getting very good at this because I understood myself a lot. A lot of it was introspection, a lot of that process, but I wound up uh, progressing in my career. Uh, my income increased a lot compared to what I could have done with, without this skill that I now had. Um, I was a very in-demand speaker. For example, I think back at, uh, at Oracle, they have something called the Corporate Visit Center at their headquarters in Redwood Shores. It's a very fancy facility where groups are coming in, groups of prospects and customers from all over the world, all the time. And I was a regular visitor there. And then when I, I realized that, I thought about that. You know, why do these sales reps always ask me to come and present to their audiences? It's not because they think I'm a nice guy or because they like me. It's because they know I can help them make a sale. And I, in, in that experience and others, I, I realized that a lot of the time, people were coming up to me after the presentation and shaking my hand and saying, Bob, that was great. I really enjoyed that presentation. Thank you so much. And these were complete strangers. And that's when I started realizing, Tyler, wow, I'm really good at this now. <laughs> you know? and, but it was a process. It was not overnight. So don't expect it to be overnight. But be willing to put in the time, the blood, the sweat, and the tears. Thankfully, no real blood. But but sweat, maybe a few tears. <laughs> um, it, it's going to be a challenge. You have to be courageous, but you will be able to overcome it. The more you do it, the more you do it, the more you do it. Uh, repetition practice is so important. So it affected my life and my career in that way. But also, Tyler, when you overcome your deepest fear, it has a way of helping you in other areas of life as well. And just making you feel better and a more happy, content, confident person. So these are just some other reasons why this is a good thing to focus on and overcome. Absolutely. Words of wisdom. Thanks, Bob. Now, if, well, first, thank you for coming on the show today and sharing your own experiences and, and your wisdom. Um, if kids want to learn more about you or read your book, or if there's someone out there that wants to hire you to come speak to their organization, um, where's the best way to get a hold of you? Well, they can go to my website, which is loveyouraudience.net, not.com, .net, okay? And you can go there, and uh, there's a, a form there you can fill out. Just shoot me a, a message there, and that's the easiest way to reach me. Uh, or if you want to talk to Tyler here, I'm sure he can reach me too. Yes, I can. All right, great. Well, thank you for being on the show today, Bob. Thanks for having me, Tyler. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us today on Virtual School Assembly. If you enjoyed the episode, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever else you listen to Virtual Assemblies. And leave us a rating and review so we know what you learned and took away from this Virtual Assembly. Videos and show notes are found at virtualschoolassembly.com. And if you're a school leader and you're looking for a speaker for virtual or traditional in-school assemblies, or if you're looking for some teacher training, I'd love to connect with you to see how I can help. You can check out my website at tylerchristiansen.com. Thanks. You are super duper. Let's go out and make the world a better place. Bye-bye.